I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author Ken Rusk. His book, his new book is Blue Collar Cash, Love Your Work, Secure Your Future, and Find Happiness for Life. Blue-collar boom is on the rise. There are thousands of jobs opening up for skilled tradespeople as older workers retire in these fields. This is happening in many of the major trades. For people willing to work with their hands, there will be many opportunities to make a very good living. Wall Street Journal best-selling author Ken Russ shares with us the four steps to a six-figure career as a blue-collar worker. He specializes in mentoring and has coached hundreds of young people in areas such as short, mid, and long-term goal-setting, life visualization, career paths, and sound financial planning. He's been featured on many media outlets, including CNBC, Stacking Benjamins, Newsy, as well as the New York Post and Forbes. Welcome to the show, Ken. Nice to have you on. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate you having me. Great. Okay, blue-collar workers. There is a stigma associated, probably that's why you wrote the book, but uh, with blue-collar workers. When you hear blue-collar workers, maybe not as much prestige, you're not going to have make as much money. Um, well, those are two good examples. And so perhaps I need to go to college and I need to become a professional, but it, you're saying not so. That's not what we need to do. Well, yes, you know, it, it, this kind of started back in the mid to late 80s when uh, high schools decided to remove shop classes from their from their 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 offerings, and what they did was they they moved shop class out and they moved computers into those rooms. And you know, I, I never I know we all need to learn computers, and and that's important, obviously. But I never really thought it was a binary choice, meaning you, you know you had to have one or the other. And what that did was it eliminated the almost accidental discovery of things like plumbing, carpentry. Uh, machining, mechanics, you know, home economics, you name it, from millions and millions of kids who, was, who would have otherwise said, hey, that's an option for me. And, and what that did is it just it funneled almost 100% of our kids into college, and, and we know from a balanced economy standpoint that's not something that, uh, that is good for our economy overall or for the people involved in all those, all those college degrees. But Ken, I want to backtrack because when I was in school, and I think it started in middle school, you took the boys took shop and the girls took home economics, and we spent a whole semester making an apron. And mine was terrible even at the end because I'm really not good at that, and I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice to take carpentry. I didn't have a choice, you know, to take other things besides making an apron. So the quality of what they taught us was very poor. Now, I'm assuming that has changed, right? Has it? Well, absolutely. I mean, if you go to some of these uh, some of these tech high schools, which, you know, there are some high schools who've decided that we're just going to focus on, on the technical skills and the trades. There are very few of them. There needs to be many more because, as I said, there used to be these programs in every high school. But now you can go to some of these, these tech schools and you literally walk from a large hair salon to a welding shop, to a carpentry shop, to a robotics shop, to a coding shop, to a mechanic, car mechanic shop. I mean, you can go from one to the other to the other and experience, you know, the most highly technical equipment, the most modern equipment, and learn how to make a great life for yourself in the blue-collar field. 
See, that's exciting. Now, you're saying that that's at some high schools and stuff, but not necessarily in high schools, let's say, you know, just a small town, medium-sized town across the United States. They don't have access to that kind of uh, information or teaching, or do they? And that, that's the problem. I mean, a lot of these tech and trade schools are remote, uh, you know, and they're, they're serving four or five counties. So if, if in Ohio especially, there's a great school, but it literally serves four or five counties. So you think about the drive time to having to get to these places, you know, it can be prohibitive. Now, it, I can tell you it's a lot more cost effective than going to college. I mean, you know, you're talking about a lot less, you know, a fraction of the tuition and, and not only that, but you're, you're guaranteed a job when you come out of those things. You know, it's one thing to go to college, and I always say I'm not an anti-college guy. If you're going to operate on my shoulder so I can get back out on the golf course, I want you to know everything there is to know about knives before you start <laughs> that, process, or that process. And the same thing goes with teaching or financing or engineering a building. But, you know, today we're overproducing these rather bland business degrees that have no specific job on the other side. So if you go in wanting to be a doctor, you come out a doctor. And, and the same thing holds true with an engineer or a teacher. With, a, with a, these, these overproduced business degrees, there is no specificity on the other side. So kids are going to school not knowing what's, what's going to happen when they graduate, other than the fact that they have all this debt. Well, when you go to a trade school, tech school, an apprenticeship, you're getting paid to learn while you go to these places, and you have a, a great shot at a, at a really awesome, financially rewarding career at the end. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, uh, and this is not just my experience. Uh, electricians, carpenters, plumbers, landscapers, uh, I, I'm usually begging people to come and, and, and work for me. I mean, I know, especially since COVID or during COVID, and we're still in COVID, um, Getting all of those uh, tradespeople to come to your house is really difficult. I mean, it, and and you're so it it just seems what's the disconnect? I mean, we we know we absolutely need um, these kinds of tradespeople, but we're not training them. So I, yeah, what is it political? It, or it's it's really. Yeah, it's, it's really like a perfect storm because if you start with the problem that we just talked about, which is, you know, kids aren't discovering this in high school. Okay, so millions of kids who would have been carpenters, plumbers, and electricians aren't. Okay, now that's number one. Number two, when I was a kid, we, we went into the backyard with, you know, some lumber we found and a hammer and some nails, and we built a tree fort. I mean, we literally would do those kinds of things. And... You know, kids aren't doing that anymore. Now now they're pulling out their cell phone and they're building these ancient villages on Minecraft, okay? Nothing against Minecraft, but, you know, that's not the same experience of going out and, and, and creating something with your own two hands. So, you know, you have that issue going on as well. And then the final, I think the final straw here is, you know, the, these colleges are really good at shaming parents into saying, if your kid doesn't go to college, he or she won't be anything. And, and, and that, they're good at doing it, and the parents are buying it, and, you know, that, it's just their thing. I mean, it's, it's an evolution. You know, I, I birthed my child, I, I clothed my child, I fed my child, I raised my child, I defended my child, I kept him or her safe and warm, and I guess the next thing and the logical progression is they have to go to college. That's never been true. It hasn't been true in the history of our economy. It only has been true in the last decade or so. And 
you know, that works to the advantage of someone because supply and demand is an amazing force. And where supply is low and demand is high, that's where the money goes. So now if you're someone who's thinking about one of those trades, you're going to have a really lucrative life for a very long period of time. One of the things you recommend, which I think is really important, is talk to people who are successful in these fields. They need those people to come into the schools, the middle school, the high school, and talk to the kids. I, you know, I am a plumber, carpenter, whatever the trade happens to be, and really have uh, contact with those because you know, college doctors and lawyers and uh, engineers they come and give lectures and talks in high school, and yet we don't always see the same thing in, in the trades. Well, look at it this way. If, 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 if full employment in the United States is about 167 million people. So I know from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, cause I looked this up that about 77, 75 to 77 million of those people do something with their hands. So nearly half of the population today, as we sit here, is doing something with their hands, fixing roads, you know, doing building trades, um, doing, um, you know, hair care and skin care and all those kinds of things, you know, half the population is doing that. So it, it only makes sense that if we take all 167 million of our future kids and put them through college or tell them they have to do that, there's going to, it's going to be a golden opportunity for someone who says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm going to be a contrarian thinker here. If everyone's moving right, I'm going to move left. I'm going to go find one of these jobs that somebody else isn't doing, and I'm going to build a great life around that. Money. That's the thing. They'll tell you in school, they, uh, if you want to make money, if you want to be successful, then you need to be a professional or you have to go into business. So you have to tell. How how do you make money in these fields? Can you make money? Well, Well, first off, there's been many studies that say if you go to college, you're likely to make a lot more money than someone in the trades. Okay. The problem with those studies is they lump in all non-college jobs, including part-time fast food jobs, you know, moms that want to work three days a week because they're raising their children just to get out of the house, whatever it might be. Those are, you know, some of those are are more part-time, more lower paying jobs. So they lump all those jobs into the comparison, which is, it's, it's completely unfair. If you were to take, you know, a skilled tradesmen and women and put those jobs against the professionals, they, they win all the time because you have the opportunity in a lot of those jobs to go out and, and perhaps have a couple of employees and, and then start your own company. It has never been easier. I mean, when I started, we used to use pencils and, and graph paper to do our accounting on now you can run your whole business with a pickup truck and a cell phone. So it has never been easier to open your own company. And when you, when you think about the possibility of the demand that's out there, there there's no way if you go out and, and become a carpenter today that you aren't going to be so busy that you're going to need to hire two or three people. And now guess what? Now you've got your own small business and you're making multiple six figures in salaries. That's a pretty serious way to go. And all I'm saying is, if, if there's five or six ways to get to success, uh, college being one of them, you just have to at least take a look at these other ones before you arbitrarily or automatically just get uh, you know, sent down that path. 
So in other words, learn the trade first, become really good at it, know your skill, and then these opportunities for opening businesses, incorporating those skills has become so much easier and so much more in demand. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Again, I I don't know anybody uh, in a a trade or a skill who doesn't have the most golden opportunities simply because of the supply and demand. You mentioned it earlier, okay? In my town, we'll wait a year for a stonemason, okay? In, in my town, we'll wait six months for a remodeler. Uh, and, and, and so you, you can kind of understand, and oh, by the way, those stonemasons and those remodelers, they're setting their prices so high to avoid getting phone calls right now, which, which is ridiculous on its face. But again, that's how supply and demand works, right? So you, you have this opportunity to almost overwhelm yourself with how busy you'll be and then, then make that decision. How busy do I want to be? I can control my own schedule. I can control my own time. I can control my input. I can control my output, the quality of my work, and also the financial gain. You have the ability to, to plug yourself in to wherever you want to be from a one man or a one woman show to a six or 15, or in my case, a 200 employee operation and live the life that you choose. I mean, it's, it's yours for the taking. And um, I, I, can't, I can't shout this loud enough. There's never been a better time in my 40-year career than, to, than now to be in, in, in one of these skilled trades positions uh, on your way to opening your own company. Yeah, I can see that. This is anecdotal, but I have a house in the suburbs and trying to, if you want to get somebody to do landscaping, you have to sign up almost a year in advance to get, to get a company to do it. Snow plowing. Nobody can get anybody. It's, it's in the Northeast. So there's always, you go online, how can I get somebody or a company to come and plow my driveway? Not easy. Uh, they they are so busy. <laughs> sort of supporting, not sort of. It supports what you're, you know, what you're saying. Um, I just have to. This was quite a while ago, but one of my sons came home from school. I can't remember if it was middle school or high school, but I guess his teacher asked, "Well, what would happen if uh, we didn't have uh, sanitation workers for a week? Things in the United States for one whole week, it would be disastrous." What would happen if we didn't have lawyers for a week? Not too much would happen, and it wouldn't make any difference. <laughs> well, I, you know, yeah. it, 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 it is interesting because if, if you think about you going to work today or, or anyone going to work today, they will have to cross hundreds of things that a blue-collar worker did in order for them to get to their white-collar job, okay? They will have had to open a door, which was put to, up by a, a carpenter. They, they would have to ride in a car, which was built by somebody. They would have to maybe take a bus ride, which is driven by someone, which is mechanic and, and serviced by someone. And so you can see what I'm saying. Just on your way to work, you're going to cover 100 different trades without even thinking about it. And if those things all went away what would we have as a society? I mean, again, there, there's, there has to be a balance. And when things get out of balance, that's where supply and demand kicks in. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're, if you're a savvy person, you're going to take advantage of that right now. So where do we start? I mean, obviously read your book because you give us a step-by-step, the four steps to a six-figure career. Now, have we covered the four steps it, kind of in a roundabout way? Or do we start with step one? Um, 
I think we have touched on, I think, most of the four steps, but one of the, th- and I'm going to, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the first thing that, that it, it works for me because I, again, I'm, I'm in the ditch digging business. Okay. So we, we have to, we've grown from six people to over 200. As I said, I've had to hire a couple thousand people in the last 35 years in order to accomplish, um, you know, the different divisions that we have and make things happen. And one of the things that always, that always kind of shocks me is, you know, when you're, when you're a younger person, you're, you know, 19, 20, 21, 23, 25 years of age, how little they have as far as vision going forward is that, you know, it's what, what kind of house do I want to live in? What, what kind of car do I want to drive? What, what kind of uh, sports or, or health activities do I want to do? What kind of pets do I want to have? I mean, what we do is we get them, we get them to start drawing these things so that they have a vision of what they want their life to look like. Because, if if you start with a very strong, crystal clear, we use crayons on a cardboard <laughs> uh, drawing, you start with something very crystal clear, you you then have several ways and options of how to get that life. You know, we don't we don't live to work. We work so that we can live. And that's why I, I always talk about the if then scenario. I mean you have all these people in, 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 you know, in up, up and coming in society saying, well, if I go to high school, if I get good grades, if I get a scholarship, if I go to college, if I did get a degree, and then if I graduate, and then if I get a job, then I can start living. I, I say throw that out the window. Start with your then. Put that in first. Draw that crystal clearly in any way you see, uh, any form you can do. Keep that in front of you, and then your mind is such a powerful tool that it will automatically attract you to the completion of those things, um, you know, one small step at a time. So I talk a lot in the book about we need to teach people how to see themselves in 3, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and then figure out the best way to get there. Because for me, ditch digging might have been, you know, 99 on the list of 100 things, but when I started it, I knew I could control my entire, my entire circle of influence as I approached getting goals and getting the financial things that I wanted to get done. And that just led one thing to another to another and opening businesses and then investing in other businesses and so forth, and which is where I'm at today. So you, you, just, you can't deny the power of seeing something first and then going to get it. And we talk a lot about that in the book. Well, how do community colleges fit into this picture, or do they? You know, I, I don't. I don't think they they do necessarily. You know, some of the some of the community colleges have some tech programs, and and if they do, it's obviously, you know, uh, spending two years learning carpentry in, in a tech school is a good start. You know, spending two years learning plumbing in a in a trade school is a good start. So, you know, I I think again. For me, a community college was just something that I was like, well, I either need to commit to doing this full on or commit to going out and and working with my hands because that's what I enjoy doing. I mean, I grew up working outside in the dirt, okay? So to me, it was just as easy to say, okay, I'm going to go out and, and, and work this job and work my goals and work my vision and see where that takes me before I make 
this leap into college, whether it's community college or full-time uh, college. And, um, you know, it just worked out for me because, you know, people learn in way different ways. Some people learn visually. Some people learn, you know, mechanically. Some people learn, you know, tactically with their hands. And that was just me. And I know I'm not alone because there's 70 other million people like me out there. So it, it was just a, a good process for me to do it, to, to take my path. And again, there's four or five different ways to go. That was just the one that I chose. That's the one you chose because why? Because you sound like a really, obviously you are, motivated kind of guy and you get in, dig in the dirt and you do it, right? I mean, big time. So, but what about those people who aren't as motivated as you are, or maybe not even as talented as you are? Don't they need uh, two things? Where'd you get you su- your support from? And second, when you just have a kid who doesn't have that great vision, but somebody has to help you, not keep st- telling you, well, you need to go to college, you need to go to college. Where are they going to get this support if they're not getting it in the family, if they're not getting it in the schools? Um, they have to. It has to come from somewhere. Mentoring? Well, mentoring is a great way to start, you know, and, and one of the things that I do is, you know, my world has been very, very good to me. <clears throat> I, I'm very grateful. I'm eternally blessed. I'm, I'm, I've had some great success, and, and <clears throat> that's all really good stuff. What, what I did with writing this book was I wanted to show other people the path that I took in order to get where I am, but also I wanted to, to build a lasting thing. So, you know, sometimes when you read a book, Catherine, you read it and you're like, man, that was really cool information. Then you put it up on the shelf and then three weeks later, you forget you, forgot you ever read it. And, you know, maybe it's more like a trophy on your, on your wall at that point. So I, I actually built a course and I know, that, uh, I know there's, there's courses out there, but it's literally only eight weeks. It's an hour per week. It's really easy to do. And, you know, you, you, can, you can get this course at my website. It's not expensive. You get a free book with it from, from when, you, when you purchase it. And, and I, you know, I donate all of my profits to charity, so I didn't write this book or make this course in order you know, to make, make a bunch of money. So I, I donate back to Junior Achievement, Make-A-Wish, Ronald McDonald House, those kinds of things. And um, so, yeah, mentoring is a really, really great, great way. But I, I just need, I need to say this because, you know, who but you knows what you're good at who but you knows what you're passionate about, who but you knows what you want to spend your time doing, who but you knows what you want your life to look like, okay, and, and how to go get it. So when I, in the book, I wrote about the characteristics of entrepreneurship. And the thing is, is that's, that entrepreneurship isn't reserved for some certain people like myself. You know, if if you think about resistance and pers- uh, persistence and, and, and faith and, and, and uh, innovation and all those kinds of things, um, all those qualities are the qualities of an entrepreneur. Every one of us has those qualities within us, in my opinion. We just need a reason for them to come out. And that's why I say, if you go sit in a quiet corner and you draw out exactly what your perfect nirvana would look like, I call it comfort, peace, and freedom in the book, you sit there and draw that picture out, that is going to awaken all of these entrepreneurial qualities, characteristics, and, and the spirit of that inside of you. And it's going to turn you into this goal-crushing machine. You just have to take that first step. 
And the you first know, step, because we have one minute left, I'll say the first step is to buy your book. How about that? Blue Collar Cash. Love your work, secure your future, and find happiness for life. Because there's a lot of good stuff in this book and uh, will help you to do just what you've been talking about. Um, hate to cut you off, but so can I, give us the website we can go to because you said that's where we can take the course, the eight-week course for free. The money goes to charity. Um, what is the website? The website is KenRusk.com. And then when you get there, you'll go to, you'll navigate to KenRusk.com forward slash path. And it'll show you all, it'll show you how to buy the book. It'll show you how to get the course. You can even kind of preview the course a little bit. And um, it's all electronic. I mean, it's not like a bunch of writing and notebooks or anything. It's, you can do it, you can do it online and whatnot. And, and um, it, it's just, it's just a great way to start. I'm not the only one that's doing it, but um, uh, again, but we're talking to you, so you <laughs> we want to get that out there. Have to say goodbye. They're cutting me off. But uh, thanks okay. so much. Yeah, thanks so much for being on the show today. Great information. Thanks, Catherine. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to the Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm. 